Hey, 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 thank you so much for joining me once again for Artistic Accomplices. I am your host, Eric Scott, and this is the podcast that is all about encouraging you as you pursue your creativity. I'm like that little, little uh, voice in your ear that just kind of encourages you and pushes you and, and just, you know, I'm on your side and here we go. Um, so before we really dive in today, I just want to say that I am sorry. I don't know where the last month has gone. Um, it, I didn't plan on taking a month off of the podcast, but, but, you know, things have been a bit sporadic here lately and man, I can't believe it. It's been just over a month since I put out an episode. So I'm sorry that I haven't been able to keep up. Um, I think it's, I think it's 2020, man. I think it's just kind of gotten to me. Um, I've just been really, really scattered over the past couple of months. And at, at times, I just haven't known if if I was coming or going. So um, yeah, I think 2020 has definitely taken its toll on me. It's been wearing me down. And man, uh, I've been been keeping up with my art making, but other things have just sort of gotten in the way and have taken up a lot of my attention my focus, my energy, and yeah, and so unfortunately the podcast has kind of suffered. It just, what it happens is that the week just sort of slips by, and next thing I know I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's time for another podcast, and then to sit down and to kind of think about it, write it, uh, record it, edit it, do all that kind of stuff that needs to happen, just haven't had the time. So um, if you've been jonesing for an artistic accomplice episode. Well, here I am. So I can't believe that we're in that week between Christmas and New Year's. And um, yeah, I mean, I've just been really feeling distracted and foggy here lately. So um, yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to get back into that. I'm trying to get my focus back. And uh, I just really want to wrap up one last episode before the end of the year. So yeah, it's been... It's been an amazingly odd, strange, and sucky year all around, I think, for a lot of people. Um, And so I I kind of, around this time, I always sort of think about the new year, kind of the the promises of a new year. And so I want to dive back into the series that I've been working on um, here, it seems like forever now. Uh, But that idea of of, uh, using the classical elements of earth, fire, and air and water, forgot water, um, as a way to understand our creativity and really kind of think about some practical ways that we can get the most out of our creativity. Um, and so, yeah, so this idea of the four elements, that's something that's been really intriguing me over the past several months, and it's still on my mind, and I want to kind of round this out. So I've already talked about the earth element, and I took two episodes to talk about that, and that was all about uh, being grounded. Um, and I spent an episode on the fire element. And so if you've missed those, you can always go back and listen to them at your leisure. But, uh, like I said, the earth element is, is all about being grounded, grounding ourselves in the habits and the practicalities that, that allow us to really dive in and explore our creativity. And the fire element is all about our passions, finding the things that just light us up, Uh, It might be a specific medium or material, or maybe it's a specific subject, or maybe it's an element like a color or a sound or a taste. 
Um, it's just something that really gets us motivated. And it's, like I said, it lights our passions. It, it lights that fire in us and keeps us motivated. So I've talked about those two elements. And like I said, you can always go back and listen to those. Um, and today I want to dive into the air element, the third element. Um, I, I've There is no particular order of these elements. It's not like one's first or second or third. But from my point of view, kind of thinking about it as creativity, um, thinking about how it applies to creativity, it makes sense. The order that I've been presenting them makes sense, at least to me, and hopefully it makes sense to you, that notion of like being grounded, finding your footing first in your creativity, thinking about your passions, and now for the air element. And the air element is all about our ideas and our imagination. So once we're kind of grounded and once we've really figured out our passions, we can start to figure out the ideas that we want to express, that we want to explore, that we want to to convey and communicate with the things that we are creating. So it really boils down to a, a simple question. What is our work about? Now, I know sometimes you might think, well, I don't know what my work is about. You know, it's like um, some people are just like, you know, I really like I really like flowers or I really like to draw portraits or I really like to bake bread. Um, isn't that good enough to get started? And yeah, it is. I mean, we can we can certainly dive into creativity and creating and making just by exploring our passions. But I think we get to a point that we want the work to be about something, to give it a little bit more, more meaningful. Um, so it's, it's kind of like thinking about like, well, you know, if you like flowers, why flowers? What, what about them is drawing you in? What, what do you want to say about flowers? Um, if you're into like making bread and it's like, well, why bread? I mean, of all the things that you could bake, what about bread? What, what brings you to that? So you might say, oh, I'm passionate about that, but you know, is there an idea? Is there something, a reason for baking bread. And, you know, that might seem really weird to kind of think about baking something. Um, it's, and, and having an idea, um, a theme, a, 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 some idea that you're trying to communicate behind it. But I think if you, if you're really passionate about baking, it's like you do kind of find a reason to bake and not just because it's something tasty to eat. Um, but maybe it's something that like you can, you know, it gives you a certain feeling or reminds you of something. Uh, I mean, I've seen those cooking and baking shows, those contests, those that reality TV, uh, where they challenge the contestants to kind of put themselves on a plate, like basically like, you know, sum up yourself on this plate. What, what kind of food are you going to fix? Uh, or, you know, put yourself into a bake, you know, like, so if you were, if you were a tasty dessert, what dessert would you be and why? And kind of thinking about that, I mean, that really that really gives our creations meaning and purpose. So giving us, giving ourselves that opportunity to find meaning and purpose in the things that we create. And so, you know, yeah, we can be grounded. We can, we can kind of explore our materials and discover the basic techniques and we can really explore and examine our passions and, and follow those. But I think at some point we do want to 
think about the reason, the purpose, the meaning, the message behind the things that we are creating. Um, and I think that's, <laughs> I think that's where a lot of folks get hung up. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I really want to play the guitar, or yeah, I really want to bake bread or cakes or cookies. Um, I really want to make art. I really want to paint, you know, pictures or whatever. And they just don't know. They, they kind of, maybe they freeze. Maybe they, they don't know what exactly to make. They might go like, oh, I like flowers. But then it's sort of like, well, what kind of flowers? Why flowers? And, and so it's, what happens is I think when we hit that point that we feel like we don't have any ideas. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I want to paint flowers. But then like, oh, where do you begin? So it's like, oh, we don't, we might feel like we don't have any ideas or we might feel like we have no inspiration. And I think that, I think inspiration and ideas kind of go hand in hand. And so I just kind of want to take a moment and talk about that. And I've talked about it before and, and I'm going to use some quotes here in a moment or two that probably are going to sound familiar because I've used someone here and I, I've talked about them in talks that I've given. Um, but it's like I said, it seems like, you know, we sit down and we're ready to make something and, oh, I can't think of anything. Or we're waiting for the idea to strike, to strike like lightning. You know, we want that idea to miraculously pop into our heads, but that's not really how creativity works. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, I think if you sit down and you talk to artists, you talk to musicians, you talk to writers, they just talk about like, you know, you really need to just work. And the ideas come because you get to work. And so that leads me to these quotes that I want to share. So the first one is by artist Chuck Close. And I've used this quote on the podcast before, and I, I use it in a lot of the talks that I give. I use it whenever I, I teach, um, you know, students, adult students, um, high school students. Uh, and that quote is, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. And it's just that idea that if you dive in, the ideas are going to come to you. And Pablo Picasso has a, has a quote of his that's very similar. He says, inspiration does exist, but it has to find you working. You know, so you, you have to like dive in, you have to get working and then the ideas come, the inspiration comes. Like even if you, you have no idea or if you feel like you have no idea, you're like, oh, but if you, once you start working, the ideas sort of start to solidify. Okay. So those quotes might be, might be motivational, um, but when you feel like you don't have any ideas, just getting to work doesn't seem to be all that easy to do and, and seems like a very hard thing to do. Like, well, how do I get to work if I don't have any ideas? Um, but it's not really about not having ideas. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast before. It's not about not having ideas. It's usually about having too many. I mean... Our brains are always firing off ideas. We're always thinking about stuff. We're always imagining and envisioning. I mean, that's the way we're, we're wired. And uh, there's just so many things bouncing around in there that it's hard to home in on a single idea that we want to pursue. It's very daunting. I mean, we just, we're overwhelmed with choices. 
And that is part of the problem when we go to, to sit down and create is that we have so many choices that how can we pick just one? And worse yet is that we kind of, kind of, um, we kind of, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> so, oh, we're trying to judge. That's it. I was trying to think about judging that we, we try to judge our ideas. So, you know, an idea pops up and we, we see it clearly and we think, ah, no, that's not, that's not good enough. Um, so it's either like we have all these voices in our heads and there's just so much noise that we can't hear a single voice. Or it might be that like, oh, I finally hear a single voice, but oh yeah, that's not a good idea. We, we try to judge it. So it's like, ah, that's not, that's not good. Or, oh, better not do that. Somebody else has probably done that. Or, you know, a lot of times, oh, that's a stupid idea. Oh, that's not a good idea. So we feel overwhelmed with our choices or we judge any possibility, any possible ideas as, you know, somehow deficient or undeserving. And we, we get stuck. And we feel like we don't have any ideas at all. But, in fact, we do. Um, and getting to work actually helps us filter out and find an idea that we want to pursue. So that's that's kind of the first strategy is just to kind of get to get get to work, okay? Um, and like I said, it's not an easy thing to do to just get to work. I mean, it's kind of a like I said, it's it's it seems <laughs> it seems kind of counterintuitive. It's kind of paradoxical. I mean, if you really think about it, it's like, again, like I was saying that, you know, oh, how am I expected to get to work if I don't have any ideas? But once we get to work, the ideas start to pop up. So that act of making and creating, it seems to quiet all those competing ideas in our heads. And then as we're creating, sometimes what we're doing sparks something very specific for us. It's like the act of getting to work, the act of making, the act of creating kind of filters out all the overwhelming choices and allows us to, to see other choices, it allows us to kind of home in or single, single in on an idea. And it might not even be something that we were thinking of in the first place. It might not have been in that big crowd of ideas, but as we start to make, new ideas come up. So I think it's a, it's a myth of creativity that creative people sit down and they get this idea in their head and then they, they bring that idea to fruition. They, it kind of spills out of their head, you know, through their hand or through whatever, and they make this thing that they have been envisioning. And I don't know if that's how it really works, at least for many creatives. I know for me and for a lot of people I know, that's not how it works. Um, and I, th and we, I think we often think that's how it works. I mean, that's part of the myth, but even as an, a creative person, sometimes we do feel like, oh, I had this idea and it just kind of tumbled out. Um, you may have heard a singer talk about how a song just seemed to write itself or a writer talk about how a story just sort of fell out of their pen. And I think that's in part because the way artists and creatives talk, uh, it's very poetic. It's very, um, it's, it's, it's just a much better way of telling the story. It's more, it's just sounds better. 
than like, oh yeah, I, I got up at five o'clock every day and, and sat and wrote for three hours. You know, um, I think what happens is though, we can only have those moments. We have those moments of, of when things kind of click and fall into place because we put in all this work before. Uh, I mean, I, I really think it's because of that work. I mean, I really think that we are, we're capable of doing those types of things, having those moments, because we put in the ideas before, and, and the ideas have solidified, and, and um, yeah, it's like those, those, those hundreds of hours of work before and practice, they help that idea solidify. We, we figure out what to do and how to do it, and then we do have those moments where it's like things just seem to click, and it just goes very smoothly. But like I said, I think it's because we have gotten to work and we have all these false starts and uh, missteps and times when things didn't work out. So I think for every one of those kind of moments where the song writes itself or the painting seems to paint itself, that we have so many other songs or stories or paintings or whatever it is that we're making that just didn't work out, didn't pan out. They crashed and burned. But we sort of hone, home in, hone in, whatever, home in, I think, in on those, that idea that like the song wrote itself. And that's what we tell people. Um, I like what Julia Cameron, writer Julia Cameron, uh, talks about in in her work. Um, she talks. She says that in order to make good art, we have to be willing to make bad art. And so, you know, by making bad art, we figure out like kind of what works, what doesn't work. And the only way to kind of get to the good work is to be willing to make that bad the, that bad work. We have to be willing to do that. Chemist Linus Pauling says that the best way to have a good idea is to have lots of ideas. But I would kind of add to that and say, like, you know, yeah, and we want to, like, follow them through. We want to try them out. I mean, we could sit there, like I said, we can have lots of ideas in our heads and they're bouncing around. But until we actually try to follow them through, try to do some of those things, and we figure out what works and what doesn't work then those ideas just sort of keep bouncing around and we don't really do anything. So I think it's that we need to create a lot of things. And oftentimes, most of the time, that stuff isn't going to be the best, um, but it's part of the work. You know, we, we learn how to do things. We learn what our materials can do. We learn our craft. But we also learn about our ideas. We learn about what's working or what's not working, um, we can, we can look at our artwork and kind of give ourselves some feedback, sort of critique our work and figure out like, yeah, that I'm trying to show this, but that's not happening. Or I'm trying to tell this story, but I keep kind of getting jumbled up. Um, and so we learn that. So we, we are learning what works and what doesn't work and we keep in exploring something and then we get onto something. We figure something out. So we have to make and create in order to, to learn and to figure out what we want. I mean, it's a very scary leap. I mean, to, to sit down without much of a direction. But if we, if we 
start creating it, the ideas will come. And we have to trust that process. So it's it's scary. Um, and I think, I think an easy way to kind of get to work, to really kind of make it less scary, is to think about play. If we can play with our creativity, if we can play with our materials, if we can play with our music, with the words, with whatever. So if we can just experiment and play, I think we can we can get to work and the ideas will start to come. And I, and I talked about play in an entire episode back in episode 16. Um, and you can always go back and listen to that. But giving yourself the time and the space and the permission I think that's key because I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for permission to make something. And I think that's why we think about having an idea like, oh, I have to have an idea in order to like make something. Because if I don't have an idea, then, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just messing around and that's not what, what we're trying to do. Um, but we have to we have to give ourselves that permission to create and play and try things out. And we have to leave judgment out of it. I mean, I've, I've talked about being open to judgment before and how that can be a creativity killer. It can be a creative block is that we try to judge things. So, I, I mean, going back to that, what I was talking about when we have too many ideas and oftentimes, oftentimes we're trying to judge them. So that can block us right from the beginning. But even as we get into play, we, we have to leave the judgment out of it. It's not about trying to make an uh trying to write an oscar winning screenplay or trying to make a, a masterpiece painting it's about trying to like just try things out test the waters experiment play around a little bit trying to enjoy it i mean because that's part of play right is to have fun so if we can have fun making something and then we're learning as we're making and playing and experimenting. We're, we're, we're saying, ah, those two colors don't work together. Or, uh, oh, you know, that bread really did not taste good whenever I added those two ingredients. We learn what works, what doesn't work. And so if we can have fun with it, that makes it enjoyable, makes us want to do it, right? And then we can generate more ideas. So let's say that we do play around and we experiment and we have some ideas. I mean, there are times when we kind of get stuck again. Um, so sometimes we need like a little bit of a, a start or some, some starting point where uh, we can dive off from. You know, it's a, a di- diving off point. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. Uh, and so we have this just amazing volume of ideas bouncing around in our heads. Um, And that can overwhelm us. So another way to kind of give our, to get ourselves, to get ourselves, sorry, get ourselves started is by giving ourselves some limitations. And again, I talked about limitations uh, really in depth in another episode, in episode 17. So I'm kind of like rehashing some, some things I've already talked about, but it's kind of putting it, trying to take these ideas and putting it all together, um, into this framework of these classical elements. So that idea of creating, coming up with ideas, um, how can we do that? Well, if we give ourselves some limitations, 
So we can limit our, our materials, we can limit the techniques that we use, um, and I think that's really a big part of play, is trying out and seeing what our materials do and giving ourselves some limitations, so that can be a really strong part of that. Um, but I think another way, since we're talking about ideas, that we can, another way that we can give ourselves some limitations is to, to work with what are called the big ideas. And big ideas are something that I first encountered as an art educator. And, you know, going to conferences and hearing about people talking about, like, basically, why do artists make work? Why do artists make art? And what are they trying to communicate? And a lot of artists, especially a lot of contemporary artists, really work with these big ideas. These are themes, if, if, if you're having a hard, hard time kind of imagining what a big idea is. It's a, it's a theme, it's a concept that they're trying to explore. But it's a very broad, ambiguous kind of concept. So when we're thinking about big ideas, they really spark lots of smaller ideas and responses. You know, so if I think of the word tree, that's not really a big idea. I mean, when we hear that word tree, you probably are imagining some kind of tree. Now, yeah, a lot of people are, you know, most people are, everyone might be thinking of a different kind of tree, but it's not really a big idea. I mean, it's not a broad human concern, right, or broad human concept, but the idea of nature is. Nature is very broad, and so we can think of a tree or a flower or a landscape or animals. You know, we start we can kind of start generating a whole list of ideas that just hark back to that word nature. So we, we're not just coming up with a, a single idea. But we can also think about nature in other ways, like our impact on nature. We can think about, um, you know, climate change and the environment. We can think about, like, what it feels like for us when we go get out into nature, go for a hike or go for a swim in a lake or go to the ocean. Um, so we're not just coming up with a single idea of a tree, the big idea, the word, or that that phrase, really con- allows us to conjure up lots of different ideas. Now, you might think, like, okay, but aren't we trying to like limit our ideas? Well, we we have. So, you know, nature—that's a big idea, right? And that helps us focus on things that are related to nature or ideas that we have thinking about nature. And so it, it, it allows us to, to focus in on sort of like one category of ideas. So instead of having tons and tons of ideas bouncing around and trying to focus in as they're all bouncing around, we can say, okay, I'm looking for ideas that deal with nature. And it just allows us to, to like focus in. And I think that's what the big ideas do. They really allow us to focus, to narrow ourselves, to narrow our focus and to get a single idea, to catch one of those ideas that's bouncing around in our heads so that it's not so broad and overwhelming. So like I said, you can kind of think of a big idea as a theme for the work. 
And you could go on the internet and find a list of big ideas. Um, one good place to start is a series on PBS called Art 21. And they usually, for many of their episodes, they organize their episodes around a big idea. So we, like, each episode is a different big idea. Not all their episodes, but <clears throat> many of them are. So, um, you know, that that's a good place to start. And you can watch videos of, of people and hear artists talk about how they um, explore these big ideas. They don't use the word big idea. I don't think they ever use that on the series, but... Again, if you look at the theme for most of the episodes, it's a big idea. So for me, I have like a, a core group of ideas that I keep coming back to. <clears throat> so those ideas are place, memory, connection, solitude, and identity. Those are the ones I use a lot, especially connection. Connection's the one that I have explored a lot, and that's what my a lot of my artwork is about. I really explore connection, um, but that also ties into identity. Um, I think about identity a lot as well. So those are the two that I really kind of focus on. Um, but you know, there are some. Other, there's lots of others. Like I said, you can do a Google, a Google search, an internet search, and find out. So um, here are some others, though. If you if you don't want to go Google, uh, conflict, power, relationships, nature, celebration. Um, so I mean, right there is ten. 10 different ideas. So just one of those big ideas could keep you busy for a really long time. And so you might be thinking like, oh yeah, but you know, how about those things that, that don't necessarily fit into having meaning and purpose. So like thinking about baking again, I, I, I kind of naturally think about that because, um, I think with many of the other creative endeavors, like visual arts, music, writing, you are, you know, that's, it's kind of a given that you're trying to have some kind of idea or meaning or purpose. You're trying to communicate something. Um, but I think with like cooking and baking, a lot of times people think like, oh, well, you're just baking something or you're cooking something to, for people to eat. And it's like, yeah, that could be a reason why you do it. That could be the purpose behind it. But it's kind of like, you know, could you go go even further? And you might hear my cat meowing in the background. Um, got the door closed, but she still has a very loud meow. So I apologize for that. She has lots to say about this subject, too. Um, so, but like I was saying before, uh, you know, what if you approached baking with this notion of a big idea, you know, um, thinking about memories. I mean, for me, smells and, uh, food especially are big triggers for memories. And I, I remember whenever I was in, as a kid walking into the front door and smelling my mom cooking and I, I could, could usually tell what we were having for dinner just from what I was smelling. So, you know, for me, food is very much about a memories, especially certain types of food. So, you know, making that connection between your work and a big idea or a concept or a theme could be a great way to 
to just bring some purpose, some meaning, some significance into your work, to, to have your work be more than just, I'm baking some bread or I'm painting a flower. Because to be honest, whenever I see a painting of a flower, no matter how beautiful it is, I, I kind of like, eh, you know, it, it doesn't hold me because it's like, oh, look, it's a flower. It's the same thing whenever I see, like right now, uh, on the internet, on social media, a lot of people are sharing these very photorealistic drawings and paintings that they do. And it's like, yeah, great. I mean, that's that shows a lot of great skill, but as far as like, that doesn't capture me, doesn't make me want to look at it, doesn't make me, you know, I marvel at the skill, and that's about it. Because there's nothing, there's no meaning behind it other than, look, I can draw where I can paint this so it looks just like a photograph. And for me, at least, I want something deeper. And speaking of something deeper, um, <clears throat> this brings me to another idea. This 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 goes into um, the big idea, and I use this a lot. I call it mining for gold. You know, so um, as we're working, as we're exploring big ideas, as we're doing whatever we're doing, we ha- I try to pay attention to other ideas that are in there, other things that are kind of working their way in there. Um, So whether we're just playing around and experimenting or we're exploring those big ideas, things are going to come up. And sometimes the same things come up over and over and over again. And we have to pay attention to those. That's the gold. Like we keep seeing this coming up over and over and over again. So we can, you know, we can kind of start down a path as we're creating. But then paying attention to these ideas that pop up can help us go in a different direction, often a deeper direction. So it's kind of like thinking about veins of gold, like you're following one vein of gold and then you hit another one that's like bigger and better and deeper. And so you like start digging that one out and you're mining that one and you're pulling out all the gold from that. You keep going and keep going, and before you know it, you, you've mined something that was pretty deep, but you've gotten all this gold, all this stuff, all these awesome little nuggets of creativity out of it. So for me, I work a lot in the visual journal, and I use writing. So even though I'm a visual artist, I'm also a writer, um, and uh, but I use writing to figure out my visual arts a lot. And so I use writing to explore the ideas that really are resonating with me. And that's one of the ways that I reflect on the big idea, you know, whatever that big idea is. So sometimes that idea is connection, and but, you know, that's even a bit, I think, too broad. And so maybe trying to f- focus in or find some kind of, more specific idea, but not something so like super specific. Um, so it might be spirituality. It might be, um, thinking about like connecting to myself or connecting to other people or connecting to childhood through memories and things like that. Um, so yeah, the writing allows me to, to reflect on the big idea and to generate something more specific. And usually I use a stream of consciousness writing technique 
but I also like brainstorm lists and, and do other types of writing as well. Um, but stream of consciousness is also known as free writing. And so with free writing stream of consciousness, uh, it's a creative writing technique. And so if you've ever taken creative writing, maybe you had to do it in high school, maybe you took it in, in college or whatever, but if you haven't done it, it's a, um, it's a great way to think about something without really thinking about it because the notion is that it's a stream of consciousness. So the writing just flows. So you write nonstop and sometimes you can set a timer or sometimes you just fill up a specific space, uh, like fill up an entire sheet of paper or several sheets of paper. Uh, Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way, talks about morning pages. And I think I've mentioned these on the podcast before, but, um, she talks about the morning pages and, and she says to write three pages longhand. Uh, and she does it to get like the junk out of your brain. And she tells you not to go back and look over it and read it and reread it, that you're just kind of dumping the junk out of your brain first thing in the morning. And that allows you to, to get that out and focus on other things. For me though, this free writing, this stream of consciousness writing is a way for me to reflect on an idea, but because it's a stream, because the words are flowing and I'm trying to record my thoughts as I'm thinking them. So, you know, sometimes that stream goes where I don't, where I couldn't have predicted. And it takes me in directions that I couldn't have consciously thought about. So, Usually what I'll do is I'll use that big idea or that theme and I'll write for seven minutes or so. You know, sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. Uh, sometimes I'm filling up a specific space in my journal. So it could be a lot, a lot longer, it could be a little bit shorter. But around seven min- minutes is a good place to start if, you're, if you wanted to try this. And like I said, you let the words flow and you're recording that flow of thoughts and you're not stopping. You don't stop your writing to think about what you're writing about. You just let it go and you don't worry about spelling or grammar or punctuation. Um, but you let that flow. Okay. So that's what I usually do. But even sometimes when I'm making a list, it's just sitting down and trying to brainstorm a a list of as many things as, as I can think of about that big idea, about that topic. And then what I do is I go over and I look through that writing, whether it's, you know, this page of, of prose free writing that I did, or a list of ideas. I go through that and I pick out the little nuggets of gold. I I look for words and phrases that really strike me. And I always kind of trust my gut. It's more of a gut intuitive feeling like, oh, that word has a lot, lot to it. That has a lot there that I want to go back and explore. And often what I find is that the same words pop up again and again, or the same phrase. And even if I'm writing about different topics, that a lot of times the same word, the same idea comes up again and again. So I might take that word and do some writing with it, or think about how I might create a piece of artwork about that word. And so, yeah, so mining my own writing for ideas, looking at my artwork and trying to figure out, 
okay, where's this going? And mining my own work for ideas. That's a, that's a great way of, of sort of continuing, of having sort of a line of inquiry, something that you're following in your work. Like I started here and I had this idea and I was doing this and then I got this other idea that was related to the first idea but took me in a different direction and then I went there and I did this and I did that. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, those are just some ideas for you on how to come up with ideas. Um, there are a lot more out there. So, I mean, yeah, there, there are lots of different ways of generating ideas for your work. And, um, I, I'm not going to go into too many. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want this episode to be super lengthy, but I wanted to share just a few of the ones that I kind of use that idea of, of getting started, of playing, of, of mining my own work. Um, and you can always search the internet for other ideas, other tips, other strategies, other little challenges or things that you could do to, to, um, generate your, your own ideas. But I think it just kind of goes back to giving yourself that permission to, to get started. Um, and it, it's a scary thing because we don't know when you're, when you're trying to create something, you don't know if it's going to work. And that's why I like to just get started with something. And I'm going to give you a really specific thing that I, that I've done uh, recently. And I think I may have talked about it, but well, probably have talked about it before. This seems to be the episode of revisiting things that I've already mentioned on the podcast, but Again, trying to put it in this framework of these classical elements. Um, <clears throat> so for me, back in September, I decided to do a daily art challenge. It wasn't, wasn't like theme specific, so I wasn't sitting down and trying to to create work that explored a different theme every day because there's, there's some challenges out there that people have put out where they give you a word or a prompt, like a different one every day. And then the idea is you make a work, a piece of art that, re, that, um, that, uh, explores that notion. And that's a great way to like jump in and, and get some ideas because somebody else is basically giving you the idea and they're giving you that limitation and then it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to like use my own ideas, uh, other than like I'm responding to this thing, and it it's just kind of helps respond to it. Um, but I I wasn't doing that. I wasn't following anything online or any you know specific challenge. I was just doing my own thing, with the idea that I'm just gonna sit down and work for an hour every day for for uh, for the month of September, work for an hour. So that's thirty days of working for an hour. With the, with the notion that I'm going to create one small piece. And I decided, like, I'm going to use four by four inch square paper. And I'm going to do mixed media work. I'm not going to use any words. But I'm just going to, like, basically play, experiment, try things out. And do that every day. And, and so I was giving myself a lot of limitations. Number one, giving myself an hour. Number two, I'm using mixed media, but I'm not using words. Um, so I, you know, really open, left, my, left things open enough where I could try different things. Um, but I didn't have like, I didn't have a theme or an idea in mind. And so I just started that and like, I had no idea 
what each day I would make. Um, and the first few days, like I really was starting to try different things. Um, but then after like several days, I started noticing that there were things that I was doing over and over again, like, Oh, I'm using squares a lot. And so it, I started using that a lot in the work, like trying to figure out like, well, why am I using squares or why am I using a lot of maps or, uh, you know, why this image and not this other kind of image. So by working, giving myself just an hour, I had to work quickly. I had to make decisions and not like get caught up on sitting there trying to think about stuff. So I just had to do it. And I did that day after day. And, you know, after 10, 15 days of doing that, I really started to, to realize like this art was about something. Like there, there's ideas there. So getting, just getting to work, sometimes you don't have an idea for the work, but as you make the work, and especially if you make a lot of work, you go back and you look at it and you start to see like, I didn't intend for there to be an idea there, a message, a, a, a story or whatever. I didn't mean for it to have like a purpose. I didn't mean for it to have meaning. I was just playing around. And next thing you know, you start to realize like, yeah, you, there is something there. And so I did that for all of September. And I really felt like by the end of September, I had a very strong idea of what I was doing and why I was doing it. I, I knew what my idea was and it ended up being about, um, personal and spiritual growth, even though a lot of my art was, was very abstract. Um, and it's something that I'm still continuing to work with. So even though I made these 30 little square pieces of art, it led to a very specific kind of big idea. I mean, that idea of uh, that notion of, of personal growth or spiritual growth, you know, that's, that's more specific than connection. I mean, connecting with ourselves, connecting with something bigger than us. Um, but it's, it's still broad enough that I can explore it. And I'm still using a lot of the same techniques and a lot of the same kind of imagery from it, but also thinking about what else I can do with it. Where else can I take this? And so it's just really fascinating to be like, oh, this was the idea that came out of these these works that really I wasn't thinking about. I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have an idea. I didn't have a theme in mind as I was creating it. And so, you know, if you start creating something just because you're like, hey, I like flowers, that's great because you're working. It's getting you to make. And if you just keep drawing flowers, keep drawing flowers or painting flowers or collaging flowers. After a while, you start to think like, well, okay, this is great. And I like this, but what am I trying to say? You know, are, are you trying to say something about the, the fleeting nature of our lives? Because, you know, flowers are here one moment and gone the next. Um, are you talking, you know, trying to say something about the beauty of nature? You know, so there's, we might be pursuing something because we're passionate about it or we're, it's something that we think like, Oh, I, I really want to pursue this. Um, but we might not have a clear idea when we get started, 
but as we make, the ideas will become clearer. So uh, if you are in that process of just getting into your creativity and you feel like, oh, I just, I don't have anything to say, I don't have any ideas, just give yourself permission to start making, start creating, and then the ideas will come. So anyway, uh, so that kind of wraps it up, that notion of the air element uh, and the ideas, you know. So, I th- you know, ideas, I think, sort of seem like they, they float in our heads, bounce around in our heads like they're floating on air, um, you know. But anyway, so, yeah, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Um, but kind of keep some of these ideas in mind as you go to explore your own ideas for your creativity. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you tuning in once again for artistic accomplices. And remember, you can always check me out on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and I'm going to try in the new year to be a little bit more consistent with it. And, uh, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining me at the end of this strange and unusual year. And, uh, Hopefully in a couple weeks, I'll be be able to bring you something new and uh, kind of round out this series. I got one more element to kind of work on. So, um, but yeah, so thanks so much. And as always, happy creating. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you so much for listening. This has been Artistic Accomplices, and I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you so much, and until next time.